Hello, my name is Donnie Smith, and I'm the pastor here at Ascension Christian Center in Apopka, Florida. I hope this message changes, impacts, and challenges you in your relationship with Jesus Christ. If you enjoy the message, you can connect with us on our website, Facebook, or Instagram at Ascension Christian Center. Thank you, and enjoy. Good morning, everyone. How are we? Good? Holy cow. God's already here. I don't know why I'm preaching. We could just keep doing ministry. I need to pray. God, I need you. Amen. Okay. I'm Kelly. If you don't know me, if it's your first time here, um, I am married to this guy in the twins hat. Um, Yeah. Let's not talk about it. They lost yesterday. Um, Okay, anyways, um, and I have the great honor of working here and um, just being a part of what God's doing. Um, If you haven't caught on to the theme, we're just going to rise our expectation this morning. I don't know about you guys, but for me lately, I'm going to be really honest. Um, The last couple of months, I have been so frustrated, just so frustrated and so angry because like, have you ever been in one of those seasons where it's just like the enemy is attacking you like from this side and this side and above and behind and oh, you missed that one. Like you forgot to block for that. And it's just like constant and you're just beat down. Anybody? Am I alone? Anyone ever been there? Okay. So that's been me the last couple months. And I've just been like, just, what is that uh, Dory quote? Just keep swimming, just keep swimming, just keep swimming, swimming, swimming. And they're just like, what do we do? We swim, swim. Okay, I'm done. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I'm like, just keep going, Kel. Just keep going. Wake up. Another day. Push through, you know? And it got me really nowhere. And um, I started finding myself being angry and bitter and so frustrated, and then I started questioning God. And I was like, okay, well, you said this, and it's not happening. Let me remind you who you are in my life, okay? Let's lay it out. Remember, on December 31st, we had this talk. Where's that at, you know? And um, so anyways, I've just been frustrated, and I have this mentor, Um, I've known her for a few years. If you don't have a mentor, get one. And if you aren't a mentor to someone, be one. For real. It will change your life forever and it will make you like rise to the occasion. So do that. Um, But my mentor texts me and whenever she texts me, I only hear from her when the Lord gives her a download, you know? So it's like scary a little bit when you get a text. It's like, oh my God, what is she gonna tell me? And um, she texts me this week and she was like, she gave me a correction. She's like, the Lord says you need to stop talking about the problem and you need to start talking to the problem. And I was like, oh my gosh. I've been spending all this time just complaining. I've been spending all this time and it's not even like I'm gossiping or talking to the wrong people. I'm just talking to my husband and my family like, oh man, how are we gonna figure this out? You know, how are we gonna deal with this thing? Like what's gonna happen if, you know, all that if word. What's gonna happen if? And I've just been so frustrated. And she was like, you have got to speak and agree with what God says about it 
instead of speaking all about it. Like for me, I process verbally, so I have to like speak it in order for it to be out of my mind. And so my poor, my poor husband, <laughs> I just talk his ear off all the time. <laughs> um, but anyways, so she was like, you have to start speaking to the problem. And then I, re- so I started praying about it and um, I remembered this vision that God gave me. I was in my, the quiet place and we were there for a long time, like not talking, just being together. And all of a sudden he asks me, would you hand me your watch? And I was like, no way. No way will I hand you my watch because I was praying for a specific thing for a specific timing and I needed the answer. And I was like, that is too big of an ask. I will not exchange my timing. Like I can't because I need, like my birthday's coming up. This was supposed to be your birthday present to me. You know, like, do you guys ever make negotiations with God? Well, it would be really good timing if this came right now because you know, this is coming after whatever. And I think it's good to put God to the test with the timing, but he was like, would you give me your watch? And so finally, after arguing with him, I was like, okay, you can have it, but you need to know, like, that's all I have left. Like, you need to know, like, this is everything, you know? And he was like, okay. And so I gave him my watch, which I don't even use a watch, but you know, like, supernatural watch. And um, I didn't know that he would give me his back. And I was like, okay, and I'm still learning how to tell his time, okay? <laughs> it's gonna be a lifetime. But he was like, okay, now here's mine. I think what happens is that we create disbelief in our hearts according to our own timing. Like we set these expectations, uh, okay, I'm gonna rise up in faith and God's gonna partner with me and um, okay, I'm gonna believe for this healing and I'm gonna believe for this financial breakthrough and I'm gonna believe for a boom in my business or whatever it is. And then it's like, okay, well, I prayed that yesterday and nothing happened. So maybe it's not coming. Or like, I've been praying that prayer for 10 years. And guess what? Not only have I not seen an answer, but I saw a decline. Like, what do we do when our disbelief starts sneaking in? Do you, any, am I alone here? Anybody else hear those whispers of like, oh, it's probably not good timing. Oh, are you sure you wanna do that? Like, that could be a huge risk. Are you sure? Like I get, I have those little doubters in my head all the time. And it's like, you got to like spit them out over and over and over and over and over and over again. And how many of us have taken these big leaps of faith and then we feel like we weren't caught? It's like, okay, I jumped out, you know, I moved all the way across the country and I changed this and I got a new job and, and I go to church now every Sunday and I've been tithing, but I don't see an increase in my bank account. Like how many of us take this huge leap and then it's like, well, I did my part. Where are you at, God? And the difference is, is that we've done it according to our timing and we have to hand God our watches. We have to because we've confined him into something that's not him. He's infinite. He knows our end from our beginning, our beginning from our end. He he knows the timing. And here's the thing, do we believe that what he says is what he says? And that's what it all comes down to is our disbelief versus our belief. Like, do we believe that he really is going to answer when I ask, 
do we really believe, like Jeremiah 33, 3, call to me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things. Well, when I call to him and I don't see great and mighty things, then do I diminish my view of God? I do, often. Often I'm like, okay, well, he's probably busy, you know, helping somebody else and he'll get to me. Or it's probably just, um, it's, maybe it's just not the right timing. And you like make up excuses why God isn't doing it in your timing. But that's not who he is. He's a dad, okay? He wants to give you everything you want. Anybody a dad in here? You, okay, you have kids. It's like, I'll, I'll do anything for you. Or a mom. I'll do anything for you, whatever you need. But then also, I'm not gonna give you something that's bad for you. I'm not gonna give it to you sooner than you should have it. And I'm not gonna give you too much. Like, if you're full, <laughs> you don't keep feeding your kid. They're gonna barf, you know? Like, you know what's good for them. Like, what about the God who says, I will give you exceedingly, abundantly, beyond what you ask or think, but what you see is less. Like, what happens when we're in the middle of the wait, when we're in the gap? I don't know about you guys, but I feel like that's the majority of my Christian walk. Like, the high points are amazing, and they're, they're, I feel like I'm soaring and I'm free, but a lot of it is waiting on the Lord. And we have to learn to be comfortable in the wait. We have to learn to literally be okay with his timing because he really does know what's best for us. We've been equating the value of results according to our own timing and we just gotta chuck the clock out the window, okay? And here's the thing, you're probably gonna take the clock back on accident. So remember the analogy, oh, right. Not my timing, but yours. And then you just give it back to him again. One time the Lord showed me um, a shelf and he was like, this is where you put your disappointments. And I was like, okay, I'll put them up there. And then every time I put them up there, he like magically raises it so I can't reach it to take them back down <laughs> in my mind. And he always reminds me like, put your disappointments here and I won't let you take them back. So how are we praying? Okay, I do these things with God where it's like, okay, um, do you think that maybe you could possibly think about helping me out with just this little thing that I need? Um, if, if you could, that would be great. Or do you do the thing where like, if you don't do it, then I don't believe in you. If you're not gonna do it now, then uh, you're probably not real. Like, are, you, are we begging God? Are we, are we being too polite with God? Like, what would happen if we actually were audacious with our prayers? Like, what would happen if we stopped begging like servants and we started having a conversation and agreement like sons and daughters, you know? I was... Um, I don't know why, but every time in my life, I'm at a railroad track when God does something big and I never recognize it till later. And so I was at this railroad track, like waiting at a stoplight and God told me, um, hey, what's your big ask? And I was like, 
I can't tell you that. I don't even believe it. And he was like, what's the thing in your heart that you won't even say out loud? And it took me a while to be able to say it. Obviously, he already knew, but he was so polite. He's a gentleman. He wants me to share. And so I told him, and I'm still struggling to believe that he could do that, to be very honest. I'm still struggling that that could be a thing that he would do for me. But God partners with the desires in our heart. And here's the thing, he's not a genie. He's not like, oh, I wish that I would have a mansion one day, like, you know, or I wish that this could happen. Like, of course, it all has to be in alignment and according to his will and his word. But he also made you with like gifts and talents and all these things that he wants to come alive. And I think what we've done is we've become satisfied with just asking for right now and right here. And all we can see is our little sphere. Like if you could just help us like with a good roof over our head, make sure we have enough money. And, um, you know, I want to have good kids and I don't want to be sick, you know, and we've just confined him to this. And my question is, Think in your mind right now, what is the big ask? Like the, the crazy, audacious, I have never told anybody, ask. And then what if that happened today? What would be your next prayer? Like, what if we prayed the prayer beyond the miracle now? What if we went even further and, and we asked God for things we didn't even know to ask for? Like Matt was saying earlier, you know, some of the last words when Jesus left is like, I gave you all power and authority to do all these things and more. And my life's mission is to figure out what's the and more. You know, like I want to see you do so many crazy things. I want to see miracles. And I I really want to see a dead man come to life. Like that's kind of creepy and cool. I want to see that. And the gold dust is cool and feathers and all that. But like, you there's so many things I don't even know the names of that I could ask for. And so it's like, Lord, tell me what I could ask for. Or you dream the dream for me. Show me things that I don't even know exist. Like, what if we asked for the thing beyond the miracle? Because then we're creating like miraculous momentum in atmospheres of our life, right? Then we're taking a step beyond and we're gonna see it sooner because he measures what he does according to our faith. And if our faith is rising, then he's gonna move and move and move and move. I like this. So in 2 Kings 4, Elisha like comes into town, right? And he's hungry and there's this lady who has great hospitality and she feeds him and she makes sure he has somewhere to stay and she's like, oh, I'm going to set up a little bed and a lamp and make sure that you're comfortable when you come through town. And so she's did this for him many times and he's like, you know, I, I'd love to do something for her. She's been so kind to me. And so he finds out that she hasn't been able to have a baby, but she feels like the time is gone. Like she's too old now and she's given up on the dream of having a kid. And so Elisha goes straight to her with all power and authority from heaven. He just tells her, you're going to have a baby next year. He doesn't go, oh, Lord, would you just please maybe think about impregnating her within your own timing of whatever you think would be good. And if, and if you're not sure if it's, she's ready for a baby, then that's okay. And whatever you want. 
He took his authority, he stood in it, and he said, you can have a baby next year. And she did. And everybody in the town was amazed because they were like, oh my gosh, this lady hasn't been able to get pregnant in forever. When we start doing things like that, then that's when like, we set a fire, a wildfire in our city. Because people start seeing, Aunt Jenny got her hip healed. Richie's back hasn't hurt in two weeks. Oh, his shoulder? Well, we need to keep praying then. Okay. But you know what I mean? Like, people start hearing, oh, yeah, they got healed of cancer. They got their vocal cords back. They got their hip healed. They don't have arthritis anymore. And they want some of that because their miraculous is attractive. Like, we're, we're made, if you study the brain, we're made to be addicted to something. But we're made to be addicted to God. And what we do is we, play, we replace it with other addictions and other truths. And so, like, you know, the top addictions are, like, alcohol and drugs and things like that. And food is number four. Um, but we replace it with other addictions, and the number one is supposed to be God. And so if we're not addicted to God, we're going to be searching out for everything else. Um, I love prayer time at night with the kids. And uh, we have two seven-year-olds. And um, their prayers are outrageous. Outrageous. Um, and they don't care. They think that they're, they're real, and they are real. Um, and so every night, Caden and Isaac pray that they will become Spider-Man overnight and that they will wake up as Spider-Man 2099, which is the new one, apparently. So every night, they're like, and Jesus, I pray that I will be Spider-Man 2099 when I wake up forever. And um, they also pray, Caden always prays, Matt's parents had this little dog that was his favorite. It died like two years ago. And he prays for um, his favorite dog, Ernie, to come back to life. Um, and like, my first instinct is often like, okay, okay, now your real prayers. But I think those are the real prayers. You know, I think those are the real gems. Like, what if I asked the Lord to be a superhero, you know? Maybe he would make me one for my city in a different way, but maybe he would. Like, maybe I really could ask him to fly. Maybe it would be in heaven. I don't know. But like, what if we asked for the ridiculous stuff? Okay, maybe I'm not artistic at all, but I would love to do an amazing painting one day. What have I asked him? I think too when we're praying, we pray, um, oh wow, time is so fast. Um, we pray and then we keep praying the same prayer. And I wanna know why. Why do we keep praying the same prayer? Because either we need to, which is a good reason, or we don't believe he heard us. And that's not true. When you call, he will answer. It says when you seek, when you knock, he's gonna find, he's gonna respond, the door's gonna be open. So if we really believe that the word is the true and authentic word of God, then what do we do in praying the same prayers? We could fill that time with other prayers. Let's fill atmospheres with prayers of expectation. Like what if we just started saying crazy stuff? Today, 
there's gonna be 10 angels in here and we're gonna really see them and I wanna hear them sing. And today, I, I wanna literally watch someone get delivered from lies. And today, there's gonna be um, somebody who gets healed from cancer. Today, there's gonna be somebody who gets healed from mental illness. Today, there's gonna be a marriage that is restored in the church physically. We can watch it happen in the seats. You know. I had a challenge because I was like, Lord, if I'm preaching on expectation, I better raise mine for the people before I even get up there. And so I was like, okay, then my expectation is that you've already done the miracles in the seats before I preach. And I don't even know what they are. And I didn't know what to ask for. So here's the thing. little warning. When you start doing this, if, you're, if this isn't a habit of yours and you start being like, okay, I'm gonna silence the lies in my life. I'm gonna silence the what ifs and the are you sure about the timing and that's probably gonna be expensive or I don't know that God loves me enough or whatever it is. And when you start silencing the lies and you start professing the truth, which is the word of God, this is why it's important you read the word and you write it on your heart because that, though, this is the truth. These are the words that you profess. This is better than any words you could ever say. If you don't know what to say, read a scripture out loud. It says that reading out loud rises your faith. It's the hearing that rises your faith. Seriously, my whole prayer life changed when I started reading the Bible out loud. But when you start doing that, it's uncomfortable because you're fighting between your flesh and your spirit. So you have to literally die to your flesh every single day. And when you're dying to your flesh, when you've become comfortable with the, oh, today was hard, uh, like my boss hurt my feelings or uh, I don't know if this is like, you know, whatever. Whatever your thing is that you complain about or in your head that you're frustrated about or angry or dissatisfied with, when you replace that with, God has me exactly where I'm supposed to be and tomorrow my boss is going to be kind and if she's not, I'm gonna be kind to her. And um, whatever, I don't know, I can't think of any other examples. But you know what I'm saying, when you start replacing it, basically what happens is, is you feel like you're silenced. You feel like you're silenced because your flesh is fighting with your spirit and you have to watch your tongue. And it sucks to watch your tongue. It does, when you become comfortable with saying stuff that isn't super positive, it's not fun to learn to change it. But when you change it, your atmospheres change. When you walk into a room, everything's different. When you go somewhere, everything's different. Literally, your car, your kids, like your mindset, everything changes. But keep that in mind that you will be struggling between flesh and spirit, and you have to choose, like flesh dies. So like, what if, how do, what does it look like to fill our atmospheres with expectation? Like, okay, for example, we could put quotes on a wall to remind us. You could have worship music in your house. A lot of times when we're gone, I just let our little echo play worship music because I want the walls to be filled with praise. I don't know if that's a thing, but I'm believing it's a thing, you know? And um, I don't know, in your car, you can literally just have your cell phone read you the Bible. You could have it read you the Bible on silent if you want, and it's still happening in the atmosphere. Like maybe the first thing you decide to say in the morning is, Holy Spirit, you're gonna do something crazy today. 
and you just put it out there. And maybe you don't see it, but faith is the whole, uh, things hoped for, things not seen. Evidence of things hoped for, things not seen. So we have to be okay with not seeing it yet, but we have to believe it. And so here's what becomes important is, okay, let's say I'm like rising my expectation. Like, okay, Lord, I'm gonna be debt-free in 2019. It's happening, I believe it. On paper, that is audacious. I don't know how that's gonna happen, but I believe that you can. And here's the thing, he paves his streets with gold and he walks on gold. How is that a big ask for me to ask of the provider who promises if he provides for the birds of the air that he would provide for me? How is it too big for me to ask of him to meet me in my needs? So if I'm gonna believe for that, it's so important that you tell someone. Because if you keep it to yourself, number one, it allows the doubts to come in and you have no accountability. But number two, when you tell someone else and it happens, their faith rises and then they start asking for more. And that's why community is so important. We have to like, we have to be willing to be vulnerable with each other because that's really where love and truth comes out. That's where we start finding God and experiencing him. I love to think about how God spoke the earth into motion. Like he literally used sound to create. So why wouldn't I use sound to also create? I'm gonna create an atmosphere of praise. I'm gonna create an atmosphere of healing. I'm gonna create and create and create in alignment with what God says he is and who he says that he came to be. And I'm gonna do it with authority. I'm gonna do it with confidence. I'm just gonna say it like it is and I'm not gonna beg God for it and I'm not gonna like cry out, why wouldn't you do this? I'm gonna say it's done and I'm gonna leave that there and I'm gonna move on to the next thing. But we have to confront our unbelief and our faithlessness. Me too. This message is for me. God is working on this in me and that's why I'm sharing it. Because, man, do I doubt him more than I thought I did. All the time. He told me stuff years ago. And then he reminds me, and I'm like, but that's crazy that you would think that about me. I don't see that happening. And then he's like, but it's going to. And he's so kind to remind you. He's kind and gracious, and he'll meet you in the middle of the faithlessness. And this is the biggest thing that God taught me a few years ago, because I had no faith. Like sometimes when you're weak and you're just beat down, you got nothing. You got nothing to give, but here I am. And maybe that's not where you're at. Maybe you're feeling like you're soaring at the mountain. Good. But God taught me that it's okay if you don't have enough faith. It's okay if you feel like you don't have anything to give. It's okay if you feel like you don't have a single dream in your heart. It's okay if you can't see past the next hour. Because he said, as long as you believe in me, I am the faith. I am the faith and you can pull from me as much as you need. It's not just a piece of his character and expression of him, it's who he is. He is the faith. And so when I 
got saved. I came into alignment with that agreement and I have access to all the faith I could ever need for the rest of my life. And all I have to do is be like, God, I don't have any, but could I have some of yours? I don't have the faith to believe, but I want to. I want to believe that I could put my family in a better situation. I want to believe that I could overcome my addictions. I, I want to believe I could make better decisions. I, I want to believe those things, but I just don't see it right now. My flesh is fighting with my spirit. And so would you be my faith? Would you be my dreamer? Would you be the one who sends me the more? And so what I want to do is, Mo, if you could just put that tape down. There is a note card in your seat back in front of you, like a little three by five with lines on it. And I want everybody to take a minute and write down the audacious prayer, the miracle prayer, the prayer that you're afraid to, to come true because it seems so unbelievable that it could happen. The prayer beyond the miracle, the one that you gave up on. And as you're writing, what we're gonna do is whenever you're ready, there's blue tape on the ground on all sides of the front of the altar. And this signifies the throne of God. And this tape is the bloodline of Jesus Christ, which atoned for every sin, every doubt, and every lie. And when you're ready, we're gonna get up and we're gonna cross the line. And on this side, we leave everything behind. We leave the lies, we leave the sin, we leave our unbelief, we leave our faithlessness, whatever it is, we leave it behind and we make a conscious choice. Maybe I don't have the faith for it, but I need yours and I'm entering in. And we're gonna cross the line and we're gonna lay our audacious prayers at the altar and really expect God to move. Thanks so much for joining us. We hope this message impacted you today. If you'd like to support Ascension Christian Center, simply go to ascensionchristiancenter.com and click the gift tab or text ACCFL to 77977. Interested in hearing more? Check back weekly for new messages. Have a great day.